Kat Davis, Clay Womack, Jill Duncan, Logan Gutierrez, Ali Matheny, and Will Clothier. It's a short list this year, but those are the six seniors that we're celebrating today. The six seniors that we have as part of our Northside family from the class of 2021. And I'm proud of each of them. And I love each of them. And I look forward to watching them after they leave our family growing in Christ in, in various ways, in unique ways. And I am very glad that, that these six seniors have had the privilege of being raised in a place like Northside. It makes a difference in their lives. It's going to make a difference in their future. It's going to make a difference when they're adults. But I know that it won't be an easy road. I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. I know it, number one, because it's not an easy road for anyone. But specifically, for this generation. Most of you guys know that the generation that contains the graduating class of 2021 is called Generation Z, or more appropriately, Gen Z. Uh, That's the generation that we're talking about. That's the generation of all our youth groups sitting up front right here. And like with any label, like with any label, this generation comes with statistics. It comes with predictions about what's going to happen with them in the future. And people want to know, they want to know, how is Gen Z going to be as consumers? How are they going to buy things? How will Gen Z be as parents eventually? How will they be as married couples? How will they be politically? Who will they vote for? We all want to know about this generation. And of course, a lot of the statistics and a lot of the predictions, especially about the younger generation, are sometimes negative and bleak. But based on what I've read about Gen Z, and I've done my fair share of research because I was getting into something last year that I I didn't know much about, but I can draw one giant conclusion based on the stats that I've seen for Gen Z. And that's that for these young men and women in their generation who call themselves Christians, who claim to be followers of Christ, the road ahead of them is going to be much harder than the several generations before. And we know that for several reasons. This generation is shaping up to be the least religious generation in American history. That's a fact. And to add on to that, the number of them who claim to be atheists has doubled over the last generation being the millennial generation, which is mine. You guys don't hate me now because I'm a millennial. They also have record problems with anxiety and depression And mental health. And of course, I think those two statistics are related. And there are many sins within the majority of this generation that haven't just become accepted, but they've become celebrated. So when I started my ministry with these young men and women, and with this graduating class of 2021 a little over a year ago, I read all of these statistics. That was my job at the time. I wanted to know what I was getting into. And so as I started to come into this ministry, I braced myself. 
And I got ready for them to look like the statistics. And it, it turns out, in many ways, I was wrong. And I don't, I don't mean that these teens don't struggle. I would never say that. We, we know that's not true. We know that's not true because we struggle. These teens do struggle. But the more time that I spent with these teens over the course of the year, the more I came to the realization that they go against many of the bleak and dark statistics of their generation. It made me happy. And the reason I think that is is because the parents raised them in a family like Northside. I have been motivated and challenged by the example that they've shown me. And I want to share a little bit about that with you guys. I've watched not only the senior class of 2021, but I've watched these teens give up giant portions of their Saturdays to help those less fortunate. I've also watched them give up giant portions of their Saturdays uh, to help their fellow Christians at Northside. I've watched them without being prompted identify teens who are on the fringes and who are on the outskirts and who are lonely and who need someone. I've watched them bring them into their circle and love them. I've gotten the privilege, and for those of you who volunteer with our teens a lot, you know it's a privilege. I've gotten the privilege of sitting down with them at times and listening to them pour out their hearts. And talk about what they struggle with. And I've also challenged them in several different ways. And and they've met all of those challenges. One of the ways I've challenged them is to use logic. To decipher the word of God and then apply it to their lives. And they're able to do that. They're able to do that very well. Another thing that I've watched them do as far as overcoming a challenge. Is to rise to the occasion of teaching each other of overcoming a fear and anxiety that many of us in this room have, and we saw a few of them do it today, and getting up and leading devotionals, and leading singing, and leading group discussions and worship and prayer. And so as I saw all these things, I I, I became excited. Because for this generation, just just like the Spirit has for 2,000 years, The Spirit will prevail for Gen Z. Things are going to be okay for many of these teens. The Spirit will prevail like it always does. And not only will this generation prevail through the Spirit, hopefully all of them, but if they can make it through the unique struggles of their generations and the super hard things that they're going to inevitably face, I believe that this generation of young men and women are going to be incredibly strong Christians. But for me, once I combine those things, then I have the struggles that they face, and I have the beautiful, wonderful things that I've seen them do. You guys can see some of those in the the pamphlet that was handed out. And over the course of this year, I've grown to love them so much, I can't help but want to equip them with everything that I possibly can to make sure that they stay in Christ. And I'm really glad that I have a bunch of volunteers and a Northside family that wants to see that same thing. 
Because I've seen what you guys are willing to give and to do for our young men and women. We want to rightfully encourage them and teach them and sometimes admonish them and love them and even sacrifice for them because we know that it's going to be a hard road ahead. And I appreciate that. All of that's, that's been done for our seniors and our teens. Some of these statistics are hard to hear. And there's one that I hate more than any other. But it's one that fuels the fire of my ministry. But if things go as planned, if things go forward as expected, which I hope they don't, 66% of our young men and women are likely to leave the church between the time that they graduate high school and throughout their 20s. I'm with you. I'd like to think that that's not going to be true for Northside teens. And maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. But even if you can give me a lower number, even if you can tell me 55% or 30% or 20% or even 5%, that's not an acceptable thing because I don't want to lose even one of them. And again, some of these statistics are hard to hear, but they're true. But one of the things I love about this generation and who they are is that there's a silver lining to all of this. And I want to share that with you today. And that's going to be the cornerstone of my message to our graduating seniors and to you guys. Gen Z young men and women, based on quite a bit of research, crave authenticity. They desire it. They want it. They're searching for it. They want it in what they buy. They want it in their relationships. They want it for their work. And they want it for their faith. And this makes me happy. And this is exciting news for the rest of you who love them too. Because there's something we can do with that. If we know that they crave authenticity. And they want authenticity in their faith. We can model that authenticity in our faith. And we can show them what it means. It's very easy. It's no wonder why this generation craves authenticity. And I'm sure most of you have already made that connection as I say it. Why does Gen Z crave authenticity so much? The world has become increasingly fake. People don't know what to believe anymore. And I'm not talking about one side or the other. I'm talking about all of them. The world is becoming increasingly confusing and dishonest and insincere. And the rate at which things change is quickening. We can all feel it. We know it. Things are happening fast. And so here... As the body of Christ in Northside, we provide rest for that. We offer something real. And that is good for that generation. And I've seen churches get swept up in changing everything for the new generation. What do we need to do? What are they like? What are their dislikes? Let's just flip everything upside down so we can get them to stay. But a place like Northside as it is, is very attractive to those in a generation who are seeking authenticity. Out in the world, especially online, you can fake anything. You can fake what you do for a living. You can fake the causes you support. You can fake your personality. You can fake what you believe in. You can even fake what you look like. But within these walls in the body of Christ is something awesome. And I want our graduating seniors to hear this. This will always be a place that continues to celebrate and remember 
and repeat over and over and over again the most authentic message known to mankind. And that's the life and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the authenticity that we need to offer to this generation. So today, for my seniors of 2021, I, don't, I think most of you are sitting here. I see Jill back there. As I celebrate you guys, I'm also going to challenge you. And I do celebrate you. This is an awesome time for you guys. I celebrate all of you. But I'm also going to challenge you, and I'll never stop. But of course, this challenge isn't just for our seniors. It's for me too. And it's for the rest of us here. And what I'm going to challenge you guys with today is to be authentic in your faith. More specifically, to be authentic in your relationships, in your eternal citizenship in heaven, and in your following of Jesus Christ as the perfect example. And in no way am I saying that people can be perfect. In many ways, I'm saying just the opposite. Because as Christians, as you guys know, even in our struggles, even in our sin, even in hypocrisy, there's an authentic way to be a Christian. And that's what I'm asking from you guys. And being authentic in that way will set you apart for a generation that, again, is craving it. So first of all, I want to start with our relationships. I'll begin my challenge for our seniors with authenticity in your relationship. What makes a relationship authentic and deep? Some of you already know this isn't a hard question to answer. Deep relationships, authentic relationships, come from somebody knowing everything about you, the good things and the bad things. It also comes from someone who has been with you through your victories and your hard times. The problem with that is the process to make relationships like that takes an extremely long time. So today I want to share something with the seniors that speeds that up. There was a time in my life when I got to experience being able to rapidly grow in friendships and in depth with the people around me. And that was when I was overseas in al-Assad, Iraq, doing convoy security. And it's, it's going to pertain to you. Just give me a second. So I'm over in Iraq, and I'm doing these things, and, and the buddies that I had, the people in my unit, we were able to grow close together quickly. Why? And everybody here knows why. Because we were under stress, because it was hard, because we missed our families, because we were sharing and carrying a burden together. And that made us grow closer together. So our graduating seniors, you might be thinking, so what? Are you asking me to join the Marines? And the answer is no, it's, it's not that great of a time. But <laughs> I am asking you to go through hard things with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's easy to do so. And the reason it's easy to do so is because as Christians, we're at war. And so you guys have that ability. In Ephesians 6, we're commanded to put on the armor of God. And so what I'm telling you is I'm taking it one step further, and I'm, I'm telling you guys to help each other put that armor on and then go to war together. Because when we force ourselves in shared struggles and we share our sins and we share our victories, 
we'll start to have relationships that are more authentic. It's simple. And this can be an uncomfortable experience, even for adults, but the alternative is hiding your head in the sand and pretending that there's not a war going on. Or pretending that there is one, but you're perfect and you can do everything by yourself. You will never have an authentic relationship in your life if that's your worldview. Right after the Apostle Paul tells us to put on the armor of God, specifically in Ephesians 6.12, we get a dose of what's really going on. And I like this verse because I think it lends itself to what we've been experiencing the last 18 months. Paul tells us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Some of you guys might have a different take on that verse, but that sounds like war to me. And while we fight with the power of the Spirit, we have the opportunity as brothers and sisters in Christ to fight together and to grow in spiritual relationships. So your first challenge is simply authentic relationships. Secondly, I want to talk to you guys about authenticity in your eternal citizenship in heaven. And our youth, our senior class, you guys have heard this from me already. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it again. I'll probably say it again in a couple of weeks. When the pandemic started, I told them this quite often. I'm going to tell you guys here today. I told the teens over and over, the world is watching you. So you're graduating class. You're going to go out into the world and you're going to have friends that aren't Christians. But they're going to know what you believe. Everybody knows what Christians believe, at least to an extent. If they want to find out, they can just Google it. Information is no longer a commodity. They know what you believe. And specifically, they know that you believe that you're going to live forever in heaven. So when the pandemic hits, when all the toilet paper's gone and all the shelves are completely empty and you don't know how to feel about masks and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories coming from the left and from the right and and, and your brother and sister in Christ are having differing opinions, the world is watching you. And they're saying to themselves, let's see how the people who are going to live forever, handle a few months of trial. They say, let's see how the people who believe that they will be alive in one million years deal with a year of trouble. And I'm going to let you guys draw your own conclusions after that. I'm not saying anything else because I don't want anybody to get mad at me. But as Christians, we have the peace of being eternal citizens of heaven. It's a simple cornerstone of our faith. You guys know this. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. One of the most simple verses in the Bible, but the hardest to carry out. If I could boil this down to two words, it would be this. Act eternal. Do that. Don't let the troubles of a world that is dying, don't let the troubles of a world that is passing away distract you from the gift of eternal life that you've been given through Jesus Christ. Lastly, 
And I know you're going to see some eyes rolling over here. Because I challenge them with this all the time. So sorry, guys. I'll do it again in a month. Use Jesus Christ as your example of authenticity. And specifically, I mean, all of Christ's life is amazing. But specifically today, Jesus Christ washing feet. That's one of the most authentic things I've seen in the Bible. Satan is tricky. That's an understatement, right? And pride is lurking everywhere. Pride is trying to feel every crack in your armor. And the thing about pride is, when it does that, when it finally gets to you, it'll make you think you're righteous in your pride. In the past 18 months, relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ have been strained. And I'm, I'm going to use an illustration to prove this, and I do not want you to raise your hands. I just want you to raise your hand in your head. Has anyone here ever wished that they had just stayed church friends with someone instead of becoming Facebook friends? Has anybody here ever wished that? Go ahead and raise your hand in your mind. So I don't want you guys to hurt the feelings of your Facebook friends. But not all of our opinions are the same. We know that now more than ever. But over and over in the Bible, even by Jesus Christ, we're called to unity. And at times like this, I thank God for the example of Christ in John 13. Washing the feet of those who would deny him and those who would betray him. And then simply telling them, go and do the same. So to all my seniors, Allie and Jill and Clay and Logan and Kat and Will, as you go out into the world, to your next exciting adventures, when you get upset, not if, and when there's friction with brothers and sisters in Christ or with your husband or wife, when you're arguing with a brother or sister, when you see something on social media that upsets you and you want to scream or you want to teach someone, Take a deep breath, close your eyes, and imagine the Savior of the world washing feet. And then decide how you want to act after that. And also during that time, you can remember the words that he said when he did so. And Jonah did a great job of reading these. And I'm going to read them really quick. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm going to leave you with that, but just to sum up my advice, never stop searching for authenticity in your faith. Authenticity in your relationships, in acting eternal, and in serving like Jesus Christ. We're now going to take uh, our time to do something as a congregation that's very important, and we're going to pray over the graduating class of 2021. If I could have all six seniors and their parents start making their way up here. And Clayton has agreed to lead a prayer for them. Uh, Many of them know Clayton very well. He volunteers with the youth on a regular basis. And really quickly, after the invitation and closing prayer, 
There's going to be a six-minute slideshow that we're going to uh, play to show our seniors. And then again, right after that, we'll go across the hall, if you have time, um, to meet them in person and to congratulate them in person. Good morning. Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it, as hidden treasure, then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Lord, this morning we come to celebrate what has been done in the lives of these young men and women to this point in time. We come with excitement of what is yet to come. I pray there will be a freshness of your glorious spirit upon them. May that spirit strengthen them with hope in the new roads that you will set before them. As several will be looking forward to furthering their education and preparing for future jobs and careers, may they never forget Never forget the relationship that they have started with you. May Clay and Allie and Kat and Logan and Jill and Will continue to grow and mature in the knowledge of the love that you have for each one of them. I pray that they will continue to hide your word within their hearts that when those new roads lead to what seems like barren lands, that they can recall your words to give them strength. Your word says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, I pray for the parents and for the families that have helped train them and bring them to this point in their lives. I pray that they will have your peace and your comfort as they transition into a different role of support and love, that they will always be there to love and support their kids even as that role continues to change and mature. I pray for this church family that we will continue to pray for and support these young men and women as they continue to grow and mature in their walk with you. I pray that the relationships that they have developed will serve them well as they mature in their faith walks. Lord, in all this craziness that we get caught up during this season of celebration, of change, of freedoms, of what's next, Let us hit the pause button for a moment. Let us reflect 
on our glorious Creator, our majestic God. Let us glory in what you have done for each one of us. Let us better understand the love that you have for us, but not that you just have for us, but that you showed us. You took action, action in the sacrifice of your son. Help these graduates. Help them to continue to grow in their relationship with you. Help them to make love an action, an action of service as they walk those new roads that you will set before them. Lord, today we celebrate. We celebrate in you. We celebrate in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his name that we raise up this prayer. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you guys can sit down. Thank you, Clayton. I appreciate that. Authenticity in our faith is important. I think we've established that. I think we all know that. And not only to the graduating class of 2021, but to all of us as well, to myself included. So if recent events have caused you to have strained relationships or to lose focus on eternity or to fall short of the perfect example of Jesus Christ, you're not alone. And I thank God for his grace. But if you need specific prayers or if you want to know what it means to be in Christ Jesus and to receive that gift of grace, you can come forward while we stand and sing this last song.